0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Comic Source. I'm your host, Jace. And this is Jay. As you can hear, my voice is absolutely shot. Uh, San Diego Comic-Con really did a number on me. Saw a few people posting they got COVID. I took a test. It's negative. Taking another test tomorrow. I don't know. I feel pretty bad. So apologies for any coughing or my terrible sounding voice. But we'll be kind of brief. And, you know, as usual... The New Comics Wednesday episode is spoiler-free anyway, so might be a little less to be said about these books. And there's a ton of books to cover, so we'll kick it off with Beware, The Eye of Odin, number two, from Doug Wagner as writer. Tim Odlin is the artist. Michelle Madsen on colors. Ed Dukeshire on letters. What would you think, Jay?
1: I like it. Like I said, I usually don't read these kind of books with, uh, you know, uh, axes and warriors and wizards and trolls and all that, but it just kind of caught my eye. Um, the last issue, we see that uh, he's trying to has the eye of old and He's trying to figure out you know what to do with it, and he's got uh, two sidekicks with him: one with one arm, and a girl that thinks she's a Valkyrie. So we got Helgi, Steiger, and Caden. Uh, they're all working together, but uh, from the last issue, we know they're going to get jumped by some trolls. So that's in itself is a pretty fun little adventure. How they get through that, they meet some allies, and. You know he's determined to do this on his own, so we'll see what the next issue does. But uh, it's been a fun ride. I, I like the artwork, and I do like the story a lot.
0: Well, you're a Doug Wagner fan, right? Like he did. Plastic. Oh yeah, right. Um, and then what was the what was the other one that he did recently? The serial killer one.
1: Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, I can't remember the top of my head now.
0: Yeah, it was. It was all about music, right? And serial killers. So, all right. Well, you look that up while I uh, talk about first book. I'm going to mention. Wolverine Patch. We're up to issue number. Where's is the number on this thing? Number four. <laughs> writer Larry Hama, Andrea DeVito's the penciler, Labou Underwood on inks, Sebastian Chang, the colorist, Clayton Cowles on letters. This thing is wall to wall action. You know, we've got the KGB agents there. We've got Patch there. We've got this Prince. Uh, who's got his forces there trying to capture the escaped Russian mutants. We have the Yakuza and then we have a criminal organization from Madripoor. So they're all after these mutants, especially the third Russian mutant, the child who has really powerful psionic abilities can heal and whatnot. So Wolverine's doing what he's doing best, you know, vastly outnumbered, but trying to even the playing field. Meanwhile, you have shield, Up above, watching everything going down, looking for the right moment to send in the mandroids. Um, Like I said, it's a lot of action. So, I'm not going to spoil what happens, but even Wolverine couldn't kill all these guys. So, he is a tactician in addition to his, you know, bloodthirsty ways. And uh, it doesn't take too long before these very forces realize, if you see the claws, you're probably dead. So, uh, it, it definitely has that nineties feel from Larry Hama, um, of, you know, the Wolverine series back when he was patched back, you know, maybe issues 40 through 70 of Wolverine when it was all out action. So if that's your jam, definitely check it out and, uh, props to Andrea DeVito. I mean, <laughs> there are so many characters. I mean, the, the, these firefights are, are tough, um, He really outdoes himself on the line work. So, like I said, props to him. Um, Imagine he was staying up kind of late to get this all done. So let's move on to Jay's next book. Uh, We'll save that one for later because I know. Uh, So let's talk Strange. Written by Jed McKay. Marcelo Ferreira is the penciler. Roberto Poggi is the inker. Java Tartagilla is the colorist. And Corey Petit on letters. What did you think?
1: Oh, I like the new Strange. Um, oh, it was Vinyl. That was the name of the book. That's that's famous. Vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know why I forgot that. We're talking about records like the Vinyls. But uh, this is fun because uh, we get the, the new Source Supreme. Uh, uh, she's got a uh, dinner guest in this one. So it's her mother. So we see how that goes with those two. I guess they got a lot of animosity between each other. But I guess when you have that much power, I guess you kind of expect that. <laughs> but we have some party crashers in it, which uh, turns out to be kind of fun. And uh, we see them kind of do, you know, user powers, as you can say, uh, in this uh, battle going on. And I guess at the end, I guess we'll get a team up, I'm assuming. But uh, like I say, it's it's one of my favorite books. I look forward to this book a lot because I like the writing and I do love the art. I just kind of need to see someone else, you know, uh, in Stranger's shoes for a while because it's Marvel. They're going to bring it back eventually,
0: you know? (laughs) Yeah, probably. Well, no, the next movie already dropped. So, um, yeah, you're right. The art is fantastic. Love how kick-ass. Clea is, love the colors, especially in this book. And based on the cover, I thought it was Moon Knight turning bad, but it turns out it's something much, much worse. But oh, yeah. Clea, Clea <laughs> once again, proves just how powerful having a Faultine as a Sorcerer Supreme can be. So really, really great book. Uh, all right. Next book I'm going to talk about is an Aftershock title, Last Issue. It's, it's Kaiju score number four, Steal from the Gods. From James Patrick, Rembrew on art, Francesco Sagala on colors, Dave Sharp on letters, this mashup of Kaiju and heist. um, The first heist went a lot better in volume one. This one, they were sort of set up from the beginning and things really don't go well. So that's what I love best about it. James Patrick is really offering some stakes and some consequences here. Um, Safe to say not everybody makes it out alive. and he doesn't fall into the cliches on the tropes in the end when he's kind of tying up loose ends so i really appreciate that and i really hope to see more of kaiju score stories in the future and i especially want to see Rem Brew continue to draw it because he brings this cartoony really frenetic stylized uh line work to the property that uh that really works so big fan of what uh what they're doing in that title from Aftershock. Uh, all right, up next from Jay Iron Cat, issue number two, written by Jed McKay, uh, Pere Perez on art, Frank Derrimata on colors, Ariana Mayor on letters. I think you're muted still.
1: Sorry about that, but. No, so i was looking forward to this book because I, I do like the the idea that uh they brought back the suit because we know uh how tony is if he has something he likes to tinker with it'll make it better and stronger which in this case was a bad idea <laughs> so we have a a blast from a blast from the past it's uh her name is tamara blake related to uh black fox and um no no secret because we already in the first if you read the first issue you know who she is um so she's got uh, some vengeance to get against uh black cat because what happened to her father what's cool about this issue is that we get a a backstory a little bit of uh how she works with uh black cat and how she has a relationship with her father and how that all ties together and it's kind of a surprise you're like okay i i see what i guess that's kind of interesting but um at the same time, we also have uh, the new Iron Cat. You're making a deal with uh, another nemesis of uh, Tony's world, working together to, to get them both. So it's it's fun because you get to see what's going to happen because you know now really involves Iron Man in the story. Now he's not just like you know on the sidelines; he's actually got to be part of the story. And if you do have the Black Cat number twelve, hey, congratulations! That's the first
0: appearance of Iron Cat, and it's worth some money. <laughs> really, it's blown up, huh? Oh yeah, not surprising. Uh, <laughs> All right, next book I'm going to talk about is Rogue Son. We're up to issue number six. <clears throat> Hope everybody had a chance to listen to my chat with writer Ryan Parrott a couple of weeks ago. The artist by Abel, colors by Nat- Natalia Marquez, Becca Carey does the letters. And we find out in issue five that the person that killed Dylan's dad, the person that killed the former Rogue Son is his mom is his mom. And as as it turns out, uh, this is a story about divorce. This is a story about a toxic relationship. This is a story about two people that have complete conviction in what they believe and are fighting over their son like he's a piece of furniture. And you feel so bad for Dylan. You understand why he's the way he is. Um, he's just in an absolute no-win situation. So uh, this issue, so we found out two issues ago that it was his mom cliffhanger reveal last issue. We saw some fighting this issue, the the fight comes to its conclusion and what's next for Dylan. Um, so I, I love, absolutely love this title. I love um, the emotion of it. I love how intimate of story it is, but uh, Patrick uh, never, or parrot rather um, never loses sight of uh, giving us fun action and the Able Art and The Colors by Natalia Marquez are, are just fantastic. So um, I can't really recommend this book highly enough. It is so, so good. Um, so definitely check it out. All right. Uh, up next for Jay, we have Variants, issue number two from writer Gail Simone. Art is by Phil Noto. Letters by Corey Petit. Uh, what do you think? Well,
1: I've always I know we had this before, but I've always did like Jessica Jones as a character. I just think she's kind of a a cool character that hasn't really been, I guess, out on her own as as much as I'd like to see. And the last issue, we know that she got home and she got surprised. She kind of got her kind of got knocked around a little bit by uh, other variants of herself. And what's kind of neat about this is like now she's kind of like she has like a flashback of her and uh, her her best friend talking about different things. And, you know, what her next move is going to be. As she comes to you, know, we got uh the variants from other variants and worlds, you know, going on. There's a lot in the story I don't want to give it away because it's kind of it's, it's kind of crazy how the story I had to read it twice to kind of get it all. But I guess um Kilgrave is still around as we kind of, kind of figure. If you read the character, you know there's that he's not really out of the picture of her world. So he's still there trying to, you know, so messing with her, which of course that's what's what he does. Um, she's trying to protect her family because, you know, there's something more to the story uh, with Kilgrave. And she runs into uh, an old, uh, another friend of hers, you know, Daredevil, from, like the first one. But the way they, inter- I guess, interact is kind of strange because I don't remember that anymore in the story. But hey, OK.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just- that might have that might have been another variant. I wasn't sure that was her because she acted so wildly out of character
1: right that's I, I, so why i looked at it twice i was looking at the at the clothes but they they match so i'm like okay i don't know maybe that isn't I, I don't know yet and like i said we'll have to see but the ending is we get another variant at the very end with you know uh showing up which is kind of funny because you know it's an older character version in the past which i kind of like so it's not a bad story the artwork's good and i just want to see what they do with the story you know what's what's going to happen next
0: yeah i'm liking it too but one thing i will say so i've never watched the jessica jones tv show or red alias or any of that um i wonder for people that have that know all her story intimately if they're like really are we going to kill grave jessica jones again because hasn't the story been told again i i don't know because i've never read it before so for me it feels new but i, I just wonder about about that but gail Simone's super talented so um i'm digging it
1: oh yeah well we know he's not dead because if you read the series you know he's kind of been uh putting like in a, a terminal a permanent coma to say, but so it's, but you know how he is, he's, you know, he's got power. So kind of, yep. kind of makes sense, I
0: guess. Yep. Uh, up next is I hate this place. Number three from writer Kyle Starks. Artem Topilin is the uh, co-creator and artist Lee Luffridge on colors, Pat Broussel in letters. It's a story about um, a woman and her wife who inherit this ranch from her aunt. And when they get there, they realize that the ranch is haunted um, Not the ranch house itself, but the land. And the only place that's safe is within the house itself. So they're doing whatever they can to try to get out of this terrible situation they're in. Um, and at the end of last issue, they hire this um, ghost hunter. Mr. Howitzer is his name. Dante Howitzer. And uh, he not even he is prepared for the craziness that goes on um, at this house. So it's a lot of action. It's a lot of horror. Um, there's always a cliffhanger. It's, it's really fast paced and, uh, you, you can feel the claustrophobia that these characters feel being trapped in this horrible place. Like they hate the place. They can't leave. They're tied to it. And, uh, very curious to see how they're going to get out of it. So, um, again, I could say more, but the voices and the voices weak. Um, but I do recommend it. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, leaning into that horror vibe. Um, next up, I want to talk about another image title. Um, this one is also really, really good. It's a second issue of the Black, uh, Sins of the Black Flamingo. It's by uh, written by Andrew Wheeler. The art is by Travis Moore, colors by Tamara Volan, uh letters by Aditya Bidikar. This, uh, I can't say enough great things about this art. So it's set in Miami, kind of in that slick neon 1980s um, era, and the art captures that really, really good. And the Black Flamingo is this um, sort of – he's not a hero. He's not a villain. Um, he's sort of a thief. Sometimes he's on literally on the side of angels. Sometimes he's on the side of demons, but he claims not to believe in either one. Um, but there are a lot of supernatural – goings on that he (laughs) constantly finds himself caught up in. And really all he wants to do is just, you know, live his life, steal stuff and party. But what Andrew Wheeler does really expertly is he adds a nuance to the character that you can see through the cracks of this sort of front that he puts on of of being this uh, gay party boy. Um, And you can tell there's substance there. So I'm very curious to learn more about his history and Travis, the Travis Moore line work is fantastic. This is a gorgeous book. Again, colors by uh, uh, Tamara Bondalon are, are fantastic as well. Can't recommend it enough. It's uh, it's just gorgeous, and uh, lots of action in this particular issue, and a uh, bit of a cliffhanger. Things don't exactly go well for our protagonist, so we'll see we'll see how that plays out next issue. Uh, real br- briefly, I want to talk about the new Ant Man series, Ant Man number one. This is written by Al Ewing, art is by Tom Riley, colors by Jordi Belair, letters by Corey Petit. It seems to me that Marvel's leaning into the variant thing once again. This is basically a Tales to Astonish story. Um, So we're getting some time travel and we're told that we're not to look too hard. Don't worry about who the main character is. Just read the story and the artwork flips after the first two pages. From being this modern style to being, you know, like a a Tales to Astonish from the 1960s. And it's a great story. Uh, What I will say is that Al Ewing does a great job on the dialogue. So it's a very wordy comic, like those comics back in the day used to be. Um, But I have a feeling there's something going on um, in the multiverse, the Marvel multiverse. And it's going to uh, require multiple Ant-Mans from different timelines to join together. So we talked a lot about uh Marvel zombies giving DC crap for doing that, and Marvel just seems to be going all in on it uh time after time after time these days. So kind of interesting. Uh all right, up next for Jay from uh from Aftershock, one of our favorites. And somehow I missed reading this, and I'm super bummed out um that I'm behind on it, but it's Nautilus four. It's from writer Nick Santora. Lee Ferguson is the artist. Colors are by Juan Cho and letters by Dave Sharp. what do you think?
1: Oh, I can't, like you said, it's just a great book. I, uh, it's one of the ones that I look forward to and I, when I get him, I had to open that one first, depending if it's another book that I really want to read, but it's definitely in the top three. We're still following Santa as he's trying to, with his little elf partner, they're trying to, you know, hunt down, um, uh, the main, I guess, bad guy. Uh, Rochambeau is the, another immortal like himself. So that's, the big buildup. We're trying to see when the the final fight's going to happen. But in this one, uh, we find out Santa has some issues uh, stomach wise, but uh, kind of makes sense if you think about it. So it's funny. I, I'll leave it at that. It's just pretty hilarious how they go with that uh, little side story. But uh, as he's trying to get information, kind kind of things kind of go a little sideways as they're trying to get information. Um, a lot of action in this one. All I can say is the very end is a pretty good cliffhanger in this one, too. So, you know, uh, i just say Santa's a little more matter than normal. And we find more about his love life and as well in the story. So it was, it was good. I'm, I'm, you got to read it.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I need to go back and read all four because they're so fantastic. Um, I'll talk next about Public Domain. This is Chip Zdarsky's book that he's putting out on his Substack, um, But we've had two, two issues in print now from Image. Uh, it's so good. It's about this. This old school cartoonist. So Chip Zdarsky does it all himself. He does have an editor, but he's drawing it. He's writing it. He's coloring it. Um, he's lettering. Uh, and the story is basically of this kind of old school creator artist who um, helped create this superhero universe called the, the domain or dominion, something like that. <laughs> there's six domain movies now. They make billions of dollars uh, or millions of dollars. And there's merchandise and everything. He doesn't get any of it you know he gets nothing and um and the writer's kind of a dick to him as well the writer's got a much more sweetheart deal from the studio um and the writer's assistant is a big fan of uh of the guy's artwork and she finds in the files of the writer this contract that says that he actually owns it that the artist actually owns it um and so what happens will he take on the new big corporation will he try to um fight to get his rights and so uh, very sort of appropriate and relevant with uh, chip being obviously a, a comic creator himself so it's really good there's a lot of humanity and a lot of emotion and a lot of heart in the story so i do recommend it um up next amazing spider number six or issue 900 this is a 90 page book there's several stories the main story by zeb wells with art by ed mcginnis Mark Morales, Ed McGuinness, Wade Von Grobinger, and Cliff Raspern are inkers. Marcio Menez, Dio Lima, and Eric Arsenega are the colorists. Joe Caramagna does the letters. It's a fun story, but I will say it doesn't really advance the narrative um, that we've had in Amazing Spider-Man so far. But I get why Marvel would not do that because, you know, this is a book that just random new readers are going to pick up because it's an anniversary issue. Um then there's a couple of other backup stories. Um, one by, I think it's by Dan Slott. Let me see if I, uh, I guess it just says Peter Parker, Amazing Spider-Man and Better Late Than Never, but I don't see. Uh Oh, so it's written by Daniel Kibble-Smith, art by David Lopez, Nathan Fairbairn on colors, Joe Caramagna letters. And then there's a Spidey Meets Jimmy, which is by Jeff Loveness. Todd Knock is the artist, Rochelle Rosenberg on colors, Joe Caramagna letters. And then there is a two page, Dan Slott story, save the date. Dan Slott, the writer. Marcos Martin is the artist. Munza, Vicente on colors, and Joe Caramagno on letters. Um, they all do a good job of capturing the feel of Amazing Spider-Man. Probably my favorite one. Um, like, the main story's good, and it feels like a classic Spider-Man story. <laughs> but I will say that the uh, the next-to-last story, the one by Jeff Loveness, with art by Todd Nock, Jimmy Kimmel shows up. Jimmy Kimmel's in it, so I really like that that one. So uh, it's ten bucks, but you do get you do get ninety pages. So buyer beware. Uh, <laughs> all right, we have a new Genesis Spell that's starting. Genesis Captain Marvel, written by Peter David, art by Juan and Ramirez, colors are by Federico Blee, letters are by Ariana Mayor. Now, if you're not up to, to speed on Marvel Cosmic. Janice Bell is sort of a clone slash son of the original Captain Marvel. You know, the uh, Captain Marvel, the Kree. Um, And he's been dead and brought back several times. He's got some links to Rick Jones. Um, He's got power similar to his father, but this book's a little bit all over the place. Um, I enjoyed it and I I just kind of plowed through it. And there's references to things that have happened that I've never read about. So I just kind of dove in and I was able to enjoy it. But uh, the big reason I read it is because I'm just a big fan of the original Captain Marvel. But I do feel like I need to go like read a Wikipedia about Janice Vell or go to like the Marvel encyclopedia and, uh, and read about the things that he's done to kind of get up to speed. But I did like the interactions, especially between Rick and Janice Bell. They seem to be of an age sort of obviously Rick has no you know, deep ties to Captain Marvell. Um, and the Juan and Ramirez line works fantastic. And the colors by Frederico Blee are really bright and vibrant, like you would want from a cosmic book. So, all right, bear with me here. Um, and image anthology. Still haven't caught up on this, but we got 10 books The Blizzard, Jeff Johns, Andre Moody, Rob Lee, All the Things We Didn't Do Last Night, M- Maria Lavette. Shift by Kyle Higgins, Danielle Di Naculo, Walter Biamonte, Katia Randali, Becca Carey, Kaya by Russ Craig and Jason Wordy, Stupid Fresh Mesh, Mess by Scotty Young and Nate Picos, Shift Patriot by Sean Lewis and Benjamin Mackey, Red Stitches by Brendan Fletcher and Erica Henderson, Hopeless by Mirka Andolfo, Chiara Di Francia, and Fabio Amelia. Uh, Gehenna by Patrick Kyneland, Morazio Rosenwig, and Jim Campbell, and then finally, Billy Dogma by Dean Haspill. Give us your thoughts. Uh, thanks for doing that. That's a lot to read, man. you're not good,
1: <laughs> but the blizzard was good because I just love the uh Jeff Johns. I like the artist, of course, he's, he's one of my favorites. So that, that's getting more intense now because we're knowing what's going on uh, with these prisoners that are trying to make it to uh, out of the storm. They're not, they're not alone out there, let's put it that way um all things we didn't do last night um it's good it, it's it's like a it's a bunch of thieves in this so it's kind of that's a fun thing shit is over um it was a fun little short story i, I enjoyed that one a lot too uh red stitches wasn't too wasn't too bad um uh, the scotty young the stupid fresh mess they're they're really short that's what's so funny it's like yeah they're 412 but it's like okay two pages let's go let's move on to the next one and then uh billy dogma i really like that a lot The artwork i just like the black and white sometimes like uh kind of reminds me of, like the turtles when they first came out it was black and white i i, I can appreciate that because you can do a lot more i guess detail with the black and white uh, to me i think you can Instead of with all the color but uh yeah i look forward to this it's fun um I don't know if these books will ever be important down the road, but with image, you never know. You just, you want know, to, you want to get it. So you don't miss out on that.
0: Yeah. There could be several first appearances. You never know. Um, right. Up next for me is uh, captain America symbol of truth. This is the one that stars Sam Wilson. It's written by Tochi Onyabuchi art by uh, RB Silva and Z Carlos letters by Joe Caramagna colors by Jesus Arbatov. Um, Again, I've talked about never being a big Sam Wilson fan, but I do like what Tochi is doing here. Um, this feels very political. It feels like a big story in terms of consequences for the Marvel Universe. It seems like somebody's smuggling vibranium. Um, so so often Sam Wilson gets pigeonholed to like tell street level stories or stories, you know, of social significance. And that's still there a little bit with Wakanda. And and people that are immigrating to Wakanda, but he's not on the sidelines. He's he's wrapped up in this international conspiracy with these very powerful people. You know, he um, was in Latveria tracing the smugglers there with uh, with Deadpool, and there's a great scene with him and Deadpool in the throne room with Doctor Doom there, saying, "Mr. Wilson and Mr. Wilson." You know, he's about to read a list of charges. So it's a lot of fun. I'm still enjoying the other cap book more, uh, but this one's growing on me. So, uh, all right. Up next radiant black. We're up to issue number 16. Now I will say that Kyle Higgins on discord gave, um, some of his discord members, a sneak peek a couple of weeks ago of this incredible scene. I won't spoil it, but I'll just say it has to do with a deer. Um, and it was fantastic. And we all kind of freaked out and, uh, It's real fun to see it in this issue. Um, But things are coming to a head for Nate. Like, you know, all his villains are teaming up, trying to figure out a name for themselves. Fab Five. uh, There's a couple of other ones they they come up with and I'll kind of discard them. And Shift as sort of the leader. Tell him not to worry about it. They all work for him. But uh, it's interesting because you can start to see the cracks in Marshall. Uh, you can start to see, um, that Nate is getting, I don't want to say regret for giving up the armor, the radiant, but yeah, he seems to feel, you know, Nate's got this or uh, Marshall rather has got this incredible life now. Um, maybe it's not all good because getting attacked getting the crap kicked out of him, but Nate's feeling insignificant a little bit. So amidst the action, there's some great character moments from. Uh, Kyle Higgins, and I can't really talk more in detail about anything that's going on because the book is so jam-packed with action. Anything else would be a spoiler, but, uh, it's currently been written, ri- being written by Kyle Higgins with Joe Clark. Mar- Marcelo Costa is doing the line work and he's amazing. Triona Farrell, really bright, vibrant colors. Uh, Diego Sanchez on letters, Michael Basugel, uh, editing and design. And I, I did get to meet the Massive Verse gang at San Diego Comic-Con. That was, uh, it's a lot of fun to um, meet guys in person like Michael Basudil and and Matt Groom. So, <laughs> excuse me, um, last book I'll talk about in detail. In that same massive verse, we have Radiant Red. This is issue five, Crime and Punishment from writer Cherish Chen. David LaFuente is the artist, Miguel Muerto on colors, Diego Sanchez on letters. Um, so good, so emotional. Uh, we saw that Radiant Red was sort of back into a corner last issue. No, her husband has gambling debts they're just crime founding's blackmailing her um because they know that she robbed the bank she's trying to get out from under them and then when she pulls the job they don't let her go so i love that um she stands up for herself in this issue um and uh, a lot of character growth from Cherish chen and the art by la fuenta is is fantastic so um, I'm anxiously awaiting more. I, I, I think there's only five issues of this, but man, Cheris Chen needs to write more radiant red, like immediately. Um, I don't want to break. I want more to see what happens with, uh, so next, because, uh, this, this is just fantastic. Um, all, all the massive verse. I mean, radiant black rogue sun, um, dead lucky coming soon. I've read that first issue is amazing. Radiant reds uh awesome. So. I mean, they're doing really doing something special over at uh, Massive Verse. So, all right, last book for Jay, last and and favorite, Uh, "Righteous Search for Vengeance" from writer Rick Remender. Andre Lima Arojo is the artist, with Chris O'Halloran on colors and Russ Wooten on letters. What do you think?
1: Okay. Well, this is the book of the week because like, wow, it's uh, it's uh, been an amazing ride with the story. I can't believe that we only got one more issue. It's kind of depressing, but it's just been a fun ride. So it started off with barely any words. We get to kind of figure out that his name is Sonny and he's uh, helping out this little boy. Um, and there's a gap in the from issue. I think it was uh, nine and eight, but in this one, the, uh, you kind of find out. You know what, what they kind of explain a little bit what where that time kind of went. So it's kind of cool. There's so much action in this. There's uh, it just starts with the action. We know his mom's there, and we get to see why she's there because you know we know she's not healthy from the previous issues. So it kind of all comes together in this. The fight scene is uh, pretty amazing. I guess uh, our friend Sonny here learned a lot from uh, his friends in the woods because uh, he, he handled himself really well in this. The ending, like uh, we said about some other books, is just like no way. I mean, really, it's kind of a, a not really shocker. I guess I guess he saw it coming, but it still, it's like dang, you know. So, but it's been a, a great ride. The artwork is amazing. Storytelling has just been spot on. Because, like I said, the first issue, no words, but it had me you gotta be you gotta be good at you know, the art and the story had to be good to get you going from just no words to all this action but uh the next issue it's it's gonna be uh exciting but sad because it's gonna be it
0: yeah um the word cinematic it's thrown around a lot talking about comics but this definitely has a real cinematic feel um super impressive you know this would be a fantastic crime noir movie i see michael Mann directing it um so so good I'm going to give my book of the week to Radiant Red, number five. I was I was so impressed. Um, and Rogue Sun number six, is a, is a really close second. So uh, let's give a rundown on some other books you might want to be on the lookout for. We talked about all the Aftershock titles from AWA. We have Hit Me, number five, um, over at Boom Studios, House of Slaughter, number seven. Uh, something that's killing the children, number twenty-five, which I think is a, well, a anniversary issue, bigger size, with a bunch of variant covers um, over at DC. And again, you can listen to our DC Spotlight to hear about these books. Action Comics one thousand forty-five, Aquaman number six, Batman Fortress number three, which was absolutely amazing, probably my favorite DC book of the week. Uh, Batman One Dark Knight number three of three from Jock. DC Mech, number one of six, which which is a mashup of DC superheroes and like Transformers or Battletech or Robotech, something like that. Uh, Deathstroke Incorporated, number 11, which is year one, issue two. Uh, Detective Comics 1062 starts a Ram V's run on the title. We've got Harley Quinn, number 17. Robin, number 16. Sandman Universe Nightmare Country, number four, uh, from writer newly. Uh, Eisner award-winning for Best Writer, James Tynan. Uh, We've got Superman Space Age number one of three, Swamp Thing number 15 of 16, Task Force Z number 10 of 12. And there also I want to mention that the Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow trade paperback is out um, as well. From IDW, Canto Tales of the Unnamed World number two. Had a chance to talk with Drew Zucker and David Boer at San Diego Comic-Con. That will be coming later this week. Uh, Image Comics, in addition to the books that we talked about, Deadly Class, number 54, Hell Cop, number 9, Magic Order, number 3 of, or Magic Order, volume 3, number 1, and Scorched, number 8, which is the um, Spawn team-up book from Marvel, in addition to the books that we talked about, Gambit, number 1, There is a Star Wars Dr. Aphra, number 22, Star Wars Obi-Wan, number three of five, which I really want to read because I'm a big Christopher Cantwell fan, but I just didn't have time. Um, And also Wild Cards, the drawing of cards number one, which I have no idea what that's about. So if you're curious, check that out. And I think that's it. Is there anything else you want to shout out, Jay?
1: Uh, yeah, I guess from uh, AWA we got number five from Hit Me. It's uh, by Kristen Foss and art by Markio. Let's go. I like that story. Uh, so, you know, she's uh, she gets paid to get beat up. You know, she's you know uh, you know a call girl, but you know she stumbles into a, like a diamond uh, deal gone bad. So she's on a run with the diamonds with the mob after her. So it's actually been a fun story. Um, and then I guess from uh, Opus Comics, um, they got Disturb, Dark Messiah. So if you like Disturb and you like comics, hey why not? It's written by Tom Seeley, so I was all in. And the art's by Leonardo uh Capo, Cala, Petro, I'm gonna say it totally wrong. <laughs> but uh, it's it's I'm looking forward to that. And, of course, you know, if you're reading something to kill the children, you got to get this uh, this uh, last issue. It's 25, and they're going to take a break for a while. So I want to see how they t- uh, finish this first arc, I guess you can say.
0: Yeah, first big chapter of the story. So, oh, yeah. like we said, big week, a lot of comics out there. Again, I apologize for my voice. Um, hopefully, I don't have the COVID. Um, but anyways, we appreciate you listening. as always, uh, there is another episode that's dropping today. I got a chance to talk to Dan Pinocian about his Zoop campaign for an art hardcover art book um, that launched uh, on Tuesday as we're recording this 726. And uh, it was about 90% funded when we chatted a few hours ago. So it's probably fully funded now. So if you're a big fan of Dan, and you should be because his art's incredible, go and check it out zoop.gg. So that's going to do it for this episode, everybody. We appreciate you listening as always, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content.